Welcome to the Gateway.Live podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray that God speaks to you through this message and through his word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in. We've been in this series uh, called The Unusual Life, and today we're kind of going to we're going to deviate from that a little bit, um, but I, I want to encourage you, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is where we're going to be beginning today, and uh, I'm going to get set up here, but Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 13 is where we're going to be for a majority of the day today. But before we, before we get started, before we read that, I think it's imperative that we understand today we're going to talk about, today we're going to talk about faith, all right? We're going to talk about faith, and um, I, I would be curious to know what comes to mind when you hear the word faith. Maybe the way that you've heard it taught to you before, the maybe, maybe the way that you've, you've heard this whole journey of faith is supposed to look like. I would be curious to know what you have heard about that word, about what this life of faith is supposed to look like or be like. Um, but I think the fact of the matter is before we get started talking about faith and what it looks like, it's important that we understand that faith is not an idea or a concept. Okay, faith is not an idea or a concept. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 tells us that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things unseen. It's the, it's the evidence of things unseen. So, so that verse further tells us that faith is not an idea or a concept. No, it is, it is an actual tangible thing. It is, a, it is a belief that we hold. Faith, this word used here, faith uh, for faith, the, the Greek word simply means at its, at its smallest kind of, kind of place, the most simplest form, means persuaded. It means to be persuaded. So we can, we can deduce that faith, faith that we have means that we've been persuaded about life based on the things that we've seen, based on, based on circumstances in his life, that Jesus is God and that all of this revolves around him. Our faith is in Jesus. It's a belief. It's a, it's a persuasion that, that he is real, that he does show up, that he is walking with us in life, and that all of this simply points us back to him. All right, so with that in mind, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 13, and let's begin reading there. The Bible says in verse 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them from afar off, they were assured of them. They embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind, if they, had, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had the opportunity to return to it. But now they desired a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I want to talk about this idea of faith, this this, this belief, this, this faith journey that we're on and, and further understand what, what, it's, what, what is it supposed to look like? And the title of my message today, if you're, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. It's called Make It Plain. Make it, make it plain. Would you pray with me today as we get started? God, I thank you so much for your presence. God, I thank you that you are here. God, I thank you that you are real. 
that you are present in our life. God, you are loving, you are gracious, you are mercy, you are merciful. God, I thank you that we're here today not, not, to, not, to get, not to get three to five steps on how we can live a better life, but God, we're here today to draw our attention to you, to get to know more about who you are, your presence in our life. And God, our desire is that as we leave today, we would leave a little bit more like you than when we came in. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Amen. Have you, have you ever played horse before? Have you ever played the game horse or maybe pig or you, you might have called it something, something differently? But, but I, I don't mean to insult your intelligence, but let's just kind of walk through so we're all on the same page. What is the game of horse? Okay? The, the game of horse, it's, a, it's kind of a basketball game that, that basically the, there's, there's a bunch of different players and, and you kind of just kind of get in order. And each person takes a turn taking a shot. And you can shoot the ball from wherever you want. You can throw it off of whatever you want. And the goal is to make the shot so that the next person doesn't make the shot. Does that make sense? So, so I, so I want to make a shot. And then if the person behind me misses it, then he gets a letter. And the first person or, or, or the last person standing, that is. So, so if, I, if I miss so many shots and I spell the word horse, I'm out. Okay. And so if I, if I keep making shots, then I win. And so basically the goal is to have as least amount of letters as possible and get everybody else out. So when I was growing up, we loved the game horse. We used to have this little basketball hoop, um, this little like metal basketball hoop, the kind that like you put in your room that like the package says like it doesn't break anything, you know? And then like I'm one of five boys and you figure out how to break stuff with foam. Um, so we, we had this little basketball hoop in our basement. We were living in the Midwest at the time. And, and every night, like I said, I was one of five, five kids, four boys, one girl. Okay. Um, and, and so I was one of five. And so every night before bed, we would, we would always ask, dad, can we go play horse before we go to bed? Can we, like, that was like our bedtime snack. You know what I'm talking about? Like we, we just, we wanted to play horse. And so we would go down in the basement and and we would play horse. And my brothers and I had a very different way of playing horse than my dad did. Uh, we, would, we were like chucking the ball off of everything, okay? Like we were like throwing it off of lights and the wall. And like we were like upstairs, like bouncing it down the steps, trying to get it to go in. Like we were, we were coming up with the most ridiculous shots just to try to, to make it in the basket. But, but um, as you can probably imagine, we didn't win very often um, because my dad would simply just like stand two or three feet from the basket and he would kind of just like throw in these little layups, you know, and we got like as kids, we got so impatient, like, dad, you're not playing this. This isn't fun, right? Like you're not doing this right. You're supposed to be like breaking stuff and like throwing these crazy shots. And my dad would just sit there and just simply throw these consistent little layups with his left hand, with his right hand, just, and, and, and we would miss them all the time because we were so concerned about like throwing it off the wall. So my dad like never got a letter because we like never made it. But, but he, he would just simply consistently throw these little tiny shots and just, he was just patient enough that he knew that we would get so impatient, we would get so crazy that we would just either quit or we would lose or we would cry and then it was bedtime, right? And, and as, I, as I read Hebrews chapter 11, I, I wonder if this is kind of the idea that, that we've kind of had about faith, about this journey of faith. That, that, that it's more like this big trick shot that like we're just hoping like hoping I can will myself to like do good and be good and, 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 and follow God and all of that and like hope it works. And but if somebody were to ask us, hey, hey, how, how did you how did you do that? How did you get through that season? 
wonder if many of us might have to take some time to think, well, actually, I don't, I don't really know. I wonder, if, I wonder if this journey of faith that we're on, I wonder how many of us actually know what we're doing to keep moving forwards. What we're doing to, to continue to fix our eyes on Jesus and to continue to move forwards in this, in this life with him, I think for many of us, faith has become this trick shot where we're just hoping it goes in. And I, I don't know, if somebody would ask, how do you do it? You're like, uh, YouTube sermons? I don't know. Uh, how, how, are you, how are you getting through? Dude, I got my Spotify playlist on for like 30 hours like during the week. Like I watch it, I literally, I go to sleep with Spotify playlist. I wake up with Spotify playlist. Somebody's like, hey, like, how did you get through that last season? You're like, oh, I just, uh, I just, hey, you, okay, let's pause for a second. We started life groups, okay? Life groups are, life groups are absolutely awesome. But you, you have that friend that like gives you advice without even asking. Do you have that friend that like, they'll just give you advice. Like you, they know you're going through something and they'll be like, hey, like, so when I went through that, like, um, I drank tea five times a day. I walked around my house seven times, and I listened to Spotify for 80 hours in the week. And that, that worked for me, so you should try that. Like, you, ever, you have that friend that, like, they just, like, will give you advice, like, no matter if you asked or not. And, and it's always, like, the craziest things. And, and, and more often than not, like, I feel like when I get into a situation where life is difficult, where life is stressful, and I go to somebody for advice, sometimes I leave that conversation being like, I am not as good as them. I am going down fast. So, because we, we've almost made faith this like, well, you got you to gotta watch YouTube sermons. You got to listen to Spotify playlists. You got you to gotta, you gotta pray 10 hours a day. You got to walk around the house. And, and all those things are awesome. All those things are great. But I feel like that has become what this faith journey is. And so for those who maybe are considering following Jesus, those who maybe who, who may be going through difficult times, they, they look at that and they say, I, I, I can't do that. I, like, I'm not that... I, I'm not that good. I, 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 can't, I can't do that. I think for many of us, faith has really become this trick shot that we're like, I don't know. And you, you see, the thing about this, making faith this like shot in the dark, close my eyes, bounce it off three walls, hope I make it and I can survive this thing. The, 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 the difficulty with doing it and making faith that is that life happens again. And a week later, a month later, a year later, when life happens again, you and I need to know what we did last time in order to get through what's happening right now. But for many of us, I think we would look back and we'd say, I, don't, I honestly, I have no idea. I have no clue what I did before. I have no clue what, what God did in my life before. I, I just have been, been doing this and just hoping to get through. The writer of Hebrews is writing to a group of people in Hebrews chapter 11. We believe are, uh, they're Jewish believers uh, believed to be in Rome. Uh, this passage takes place around 70 AD and there's immense, extraordinary persecution taking place. These, these Jewish believers are being persecuted because they have chosen to believe, they have been, dare we say, persuaded that Jesus is God and that he is real. And so they have left their old way of relating to God, the sacrifices and doing good and figuring all this out and, and just hoping to get through. And they have chosen to simply put their trust and belief in Jesus and they're being persecuted for it. In many cases, they, they've had loss of life, loss of family, loss of job, loss of money. They're being driven out. And the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 11 writes to them to say, hold on a second, wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't leave yet. Stick it out. Keep going. 
almost imploring them, hey, don't give up. Don't go back to the old way of relating to God. I know it seems easier, but there is nothing better than simply having and walking with Jesus. It doesn't get better than where you are right now. So he writes to them in Hebrews chapter 11, and he, 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 he goes through this. Uh, many, many people w- would consider Hebrews chapter 11 to be the hall of faith. Simply, the, the writer of Hebrews is, is kind of detailing the life of all these Old Testament heroes of the faith, Moses and Abraham and Sarah and Enoch, and, and going through how by faith, even though they didn't have Jesus, they They were focused on him. They they had faith in him. They had faith for the promise and how they lived this life. So so the writer of Hebrews is is detailing back all of these people saying, hey, this is how they got through it. And he says, these people make it plain. They declare plainly that this is how they do it. See, I think in life, a lot of times we look at people who have it when we really should be looking at people who've been through it. I see this with young people all the time. We we see people on Instagram or on the internet or at school and they've got all the stuff. Maybe you've seen people even at church and you're like, their life is just awesome. Like they, I wish my kids were as behaved as they were. I, I wish like my marriage was as strong as they were. And we look at people who seemingly have it and we begin to judge ourselves or, or kind of determine where we're at on this whole faith journey when we really should be looking at people who have been through it. And the, the, the people in Hebrews, these Jewish believers in Hebrews are beginning to look around at all of these other people, uh, the people that like, hey, like, they're not being persecuted. This isn't happening to them. And they're considering going back to their old way of relating to God simply because it is it is so difficult, and they are under extraordinary persecution. But the writer of Hebrews says, hey, it is not better how it used to be. So I want to take some time today, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 through 16, and I want to walk through these plain steps on, on really at the simplest, at the, at the basic foundation, what does this journey of faith look like? Okay, number one, we see from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13 through 16, that, that these Old Testament heroes, these people, they made it plain that, that they, they knew what they were looking for. They, they knew what they were looking for. The Bible says that, that, that for those who say such things, they declare plainly that they seek a homeland, that they, that they were looking for a homeland. I, have a, I had a conversation with a young adult just a couple weeks ago who, um, because of some difficulties and some financial stuff and all that with school, they're, they're, they're unable to come back to school. And so they're going to have to go home, uh, back to where, back to where they, they live, where their parents are, and they're going to have to finish school online. And they were, I, I was talking with them, and, and uh, this person was just so disappointed, so discouraged, and, and you could feel the hurt and the pain that he had. And, and, uh, and I was just talking with him and trying to help him understand this season. And, 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 and he was like, hey, man, like, like this has become home to me here. And, and I said, hey, can I, can I just stop and like, I said, I get that. I said, my, my wife and I, we, we moved here three, three years ago, a little over three years ago. And, and what made this home to us was not the fact that we have an address here or, or, or an apartment or even that we have jobs here. What made this home for us was the relationships, the people. And I said, so, 
so, so, so what, what made this school home for you? And he said, this person, th- this friend that I have, th- that's what has made this home. And I said, you know, the best part about you going back to, to where you're going is you still have that person in your life. So yeah, not being at school is difficult, but, but, but you still have that, that relationship, that person. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 14, that they were looking for a homeland. I'd like to submit to you today that, that they were focused on heaven, that they were looking at heaven, but the only thing that makes heaven awesome is because God's there. Heaven is awesome and heaven is to look forward to, but it's because Jesus is there. And when we get there, we get to be with him. See, the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, these people, when they were going through difficulty, when they, when they had everything falling apart, when they didn't know what to do, they continued to fix their eyes on Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, just a few verses later, says that we, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and fix our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Now, I know for, for some of you, you, you've been in church a long time. You maybe have, have gone to school, you maybe studied the Bible e- even longer than I have, and you might say, hey, Isaac, I think you're forgetting something. I think you're forgetting a very important verse in the Bible where it says that we walk by Faith, not by sight, not by sight. So how do, we, how, do we, how do we work through what the writer in Hebrews is telling us in Hebrews chapter 11, that, that if we're going to walk by faith, we got to know what we're looking for, but at the same time understand that we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by sight. So I'd like to submit to you today that, that when it says... We walk by faith, not by sight, is speaking more to what we're seeing in front of us at the moment. That for many of us, our our life, this journey of faith, we are so distracted by what the circumstances that we find ourselves stuck in. And the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 11 is saying, hey, stop walking, stop looking at everything around you, stop looking at the people, stop looking at your circumstance and the pain and, and all of that. It is very real. The hurt is real. The pain is real. But focus your attention on Jesus. Focus your attention. He's not saying look, like like just play hide and go seek with Jesus. No, he's saying focus your attention. I think of of this verse in, in Psalms, Psalms 121, where the psalmist says this. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. For where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. So many of us are so stuck looking at our circumstances that we can't even see where our help is coming from. We can't even see that God's hands are all over this, that God is in it with us like we just sang about. We're so stuck focusing on this and that and what's happening and what's not working out that we miss that our help comes from the Lord. The other thing I think of is here in Hebrews chapter 11 is we begin to, we begin to compare a lot, don't we? on this journey of faith, especially when life isn't working out as well as we want it to, don't we? We, we, we begin to look at everybody else and say, well, they got it and they don't have, and they're not struggling with this. And man, I've been following Jesus for 20 more years than them and I'm still struggling with this. How come they're not? This, like, how, how come I'm going through this financial struggle right now and they're not? How, how come? And we begin to compare and contrast our life to those around us. But can, can I just... 
Can I just let you, I, I know I'm, I'm 28, all right? But, but in, in 28 years, I've, I've, I've figured out no one wins in comparison. Like nobody wins. You don't win when you compare yourself to somebody else. Because you know what happens? Here's what happens. When, when we look at other people and say, they've got that, they got the house, they got the money, they've got the family, they've got the behaved kids, like they, they've got it all. You know what happens? Like, or we, we try to find people where we like feel better about ourselves, right? Like, ooh, like they're, they're having a hard time and it, and it makes us like feel better, right? Or like their kids are like less behaved than ours. And so we're like, yes, we are crushing it as parents. But you know what happens? I've only, my, my daughter's nine months old as of Friday. And, and you know, you know what, you know what, like I've already figured out is like, as soon as like, I think that like Soraya is the most like behaved nine month old on the planet. Like I go to Target and I see a kid like sleeping and Soraya's screaming. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like the, the minute I feel like, like I've got it or I'm a little bit better than somebody else, it's, God's just got this sense of humor where he just kind of floats this other person by that's like, okay, cool. I guess I'm not crushing it, right? Like, it's like, it's just a matter of time before we find somebody that, that we feel bad about ourselves again. No one wins in comparison. And here in Hebrews chapter 11, the writer, the writer is saying, hey, hey, these people, these heroes of the faith, I know you're going through something right now, but understand, these heroes in the faith made it plain that they knew what they were looking for. They weren't looking at the circumstances around them. They weren't even looking at the people around them, to how good or bad they were doing. They were simply focused on Jesus. And I know you're going through stuff, and in no way, shape, or form do I want to diminish or devalue the hurt or the pain or whatever it is that you're going through. But can I encourage you today, if you have a help that comes from the Lord, but we have to lift up our eyes above all of this to be able to, to see if we're going to keep going in this journey of faith, we've got to fix our focus on Jesus. And the moment we begin to look at our circumstances or everybody else around us, you know what happens? We lose sight of where God is and what God is doing and where his hands are all over my situation. The second thing we see from Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 13, these heroes of the faith, they, they, they were thinking of and I, I'm going to phrase it this way. They, they knew what they were thinking of. They, they, were, they were very specific and intentional about what they were thinking of. I'd like to kind of further, further define that. To, they, they, were, they knew what they were dwelling on. And in Hebrews chapter 11, if, if you look at it in your Bible, I want to, I want to draw attention to the fact that it, it doesn't say what they were actually thinking about. Of the three things we're going to talk about today, it doesn't say what they were thinking about. It says what they were looking for, and it shows what they were longing for, which we're going to get to here in a moment, but it says they were, they were not thinking of, okay? Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 15. It says, and truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out of, they would have had the opportunity to return to it. If they had been thinking, but they, they, they weren't. They weren't thinking of where they had been. They weren't thinking of how much of a mess they are or were. They weren't thinking of how, how, how terrible things were or how messed up or, or screwed up they were. They weren't thinking about what they had done. They were simply focused on what? On what Jesus had done. 
You, you know, I, like I said, I talk with young people and young adults a lot and have the opportunity to sit down with families and, and get to walk through, hey, like, what's your story? Tell me your story and, and help young people and, and even families understand and be able to articulate their story. And you know what I found um, is that most of us, when it comes to like, hey, like, tell your story, tell your testimony. This is like something we do at like on mission trips all the time. It's like, hey, share your testimony. Um, and, and, and I'm not trying to poke fun in any way, but, but I would like to say that like 95% of what we talk about is how messed up we were. Like, I, I used to do this. Oh, I was with that girl. That was a mess. I, I, I did that. I, I did my own thing. I, man, I, I, I hit that kid in fifth grade. I, you know, I used to bite people in kids' class. Like, I was a mess. But then Jesus. And, you know, so, yeah, now I'm here. And I'm like, no. Like, you what? You're missing the point. Like, yeah, you're messed up, but we all are. So let's just like stop there. You know, like we're, we're all a mess without Jesus. But, but 95% of like what our story is or what we dwell on is how jacked up and messed up we used to be or still are. And then it's like, yeah, and then Jesus. No, no, no. These heroes of the faith were less focused on the way they had made mistakes and what they had done and more focused on what God had done in their life. Your story is not so much about what you've done. It's more about what Jesus has done for you. Look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, a verse that we quote every single month when we, when we take communion to remember the Lord. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, that we, it says take this bread, all this kind of stuff. Take this bread, which is my body, is broken for you. Do this in what? Remembrance of who? Me, in remembrance of Jesus. That even the very act of us going back and remembering what the cross was all about is not about how messed up you were. It's about how good and merciful and gracious our God is. And these heroes of the faith, they understood and made it plain that, hey, if I'm going to get through this life of faith, I got to know I can't keep dwelling on my mistakes, on my mess, on what I've done. I got to simply focus my attention and my thoughts on what Jesus has done and where he's leading me. That's what I got. That's what has to dominate my thoughts. Look at what Psalm says in Psalms 143 in verse 5. It says, I remember the days of old. I meditate on what? All that you have done. I ponder the work of whose hands? Your hands, not mine. Because you know what? You, you know what happens when you go down memory lane? You get stuck there. Like, you, you ever have those thoughts, like, when, when you start remembering, like, you, you remember those thoughts, you remember what happened, like, you just dwell on what used to be, what happens? You, you almost take yourself there, and you begin reliving the hurt, reliving the pain, reliving all that stuff that's happened, and God's saying, no, lift up your eyes, focus on what he has done, focus on what, what Jesus has done for you and for me. A friend of mine told me about a book recently, I didn't read this book, so trust me, okay? Um, a friend of mine told me about this book, and uh, he, he was talking about, it's a book on memory, on our thoughts, and, and it simply breaks down, I know the mind is so much more complex than this, but just for the sake of time, uh, it breaks down our mind and our ability to, to, to make memories and, 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 and store our thoughts into three different steps, three different categories, and the first phase is the encoding phase, okay, encoding, then we have the storing phase, and then we have the retrieving phase. And what happens in each of these phases in, is in the encoding phase, like, like you, you can't determine what happens to you. Did you know that? 
Like, like, like you don't get to choose what happens to you in life. Can we just like, now we settled that, awesome. Uh, but, but you can choose your response. And so in, in, the, in the encoding phase, that's where we, in our mind, we determine what is important and what is not. And so you, you see something like you didn't remember, like you, you ever like been driving and you're like, I don't remember turning back there. Like, did I turn? Like, have you ever done, is that just me? Okay, probably just stay away from the road when I'm on it. But um, in the encoding phase, that's where we determine like, is this important? Do I need to hold on to this memory or is it not important? Can I just get rid of it? Okay, and your, and your mind does this all by itself, okay? So, so, so something happens to us and we determine, is this important? Is it not? It's important? Okay, now we're gonna store it. And in the storing phase is where we go deep into our subconscious and we take something that we've deemed important and we place it there for later use. We store it in our mind, which then brings us to the retrieving phase. And this is when we get into circumstances, life happens, something comes up and we go back into our subconscious and pull from it this memory or this thought in order to somehow relate to what is happening now. But you know what happens when all you have stored up are the awful thoughts about what you've done or who you used to be? That's all you have to draw from when life hits you in the face. That, that, that's all you've got to pull from. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, understand, if you're going to keep moving in this life of faith. You've got to know what you're storing in your mind. And they were definitely not thinking about where they had been. They, they were not, it is not better where you used to be. Keep moving. Think simply on what God has done. Think about all he's brought you through. I think about in the Old Testament, any, anytime God showed up, they would build an altar to say, hey, this is what God has done, and this is where he did it. We got to think more about what Jesus has done for us and what he's doing in our life than we do all this stuff from before. Got to keep moving in this journey of faith because you know you, you know the deal like misery loves company did you know that? like you've heard that before and, and when we start going down memory lane and start thinking about all of this mess and everything that's happened like people start coming out of the woodwork wanting to hang out they're like yeah i'll be sad depressed i'll i'll, I'll be all that with you but no we got to keep moving forward we got to be an example we got to keep moving forward in this life of faith so what do we do then the bible says in philippians chapter 3 it tells us what to think about Right, Hebrews chapter 11 says, definitely do not think about any of this. Philippians 3 says, hey, think about whatever is pure, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is trustworthy. Think on these things. Think on these things, which brings us to point number three. We're just about done. They were longing for. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 16, but now they desired a better country, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I think about this quote Pastor Brad brought up in one of our staff meetings just a couple weeks ago. He said this. He said, when passion and pursuit, uh, excuse me, let me make sure I say this right. When passion and purpose are lost, preservation becomes your goal. When passion and purpose are lost, preservation becomes your goal. And I wonder how many of us on this journey of faith are more concerned with preserving, just getting through, just surviving, 
than we are on moving forward and dreaming and seeing all that God wants to do in our life. Have you lost your passion? Has your pursuit turned more into preservation? The writer of Hebrews says, hey, these heroes of the faith understand, I know you're going through it, I know it hurts. You have all the reason to be upset. But these heroes made it plain that they continued to pursue God every single moment that they had. You want to know how to get through this life of it? You want to know what living by faith looks like? Daily pursuit. Daily pursuit of him. Psalm 63 in verse 1 says this, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts. For you, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. That's pursuit. Do we, do, we, do we look like that? Do we live like that? I'm not trying to condemn in any way. I'm just saying like all of us get there. All of us get there where, where our pursuit turns a little bit more into preservation. And we got to be reminded again of what God has done. We got to lift up our eyes and we got to see that God is present where I'm at. Daily pursue him. I think of Exodus chapter 33 when Moses, God is leading Moses and he says, God, do not take me anywhere if you're not going to be there. He says, God, that's awesome. You want to lead me there, but if you don't go with me, I ain't going. And I wonder if that, that's in our decision-making process. I wonder, wonder if that's as prevalent in our mind as anything else. That God, I... I don't want to do any, make it plain to me, God, that this is you. Because I'm not moving unless it's you. I, I, I'm not going unless you're going with me. They were daily pursuing him. These people in Hebrews chapter 11, they're going through it. And you might be going through it today too. They were under extraordinary persecution, under immense pressure and pain and hurt. And though we don't, we don't really, in the world that we live in here, thankfully, in this beautiful country that we have, it's messed up, but it's better than, better than a lot of other things. And we have the opportunity to come into worship like this, and we don't face the persecution at all in comparison to what, what they're talking about. But it doesn't diminish the hurt and the pain that you have in this room right now. You have hurt. Some of you in this place are scared. Some of you in this place are completely confused. I have no clue what to do or where you're going or, or maybe you're lost or whatever the case may be. I'd like to submit to you that this life of faith is not this big trick shot where we just hope it works out and we just continue, we just play YouTube sermons and YouTube playlists and Spotify and we walk around the house and pray seven times and blow a trumpet and hope that works and we, we you know, we, we, we fast and we meditate and we, we just give it to God, whatever that means and we just like say all this stuff and do all these things and all of that is great and it's awesome. But what if the life of faith, this by faith that we're supposed to live, isn't so much this huge trick shot and it might actually look a little bit more like the way my dad played horse. Simple, stand right in front of the hoop, consistent layups. Nothing fancy, not chucking a ball from down the steps, hoping it hits a light off my mom's head and into the basket. But no, it's just, what if, what if the life of faith looks a little bit more like just looking at you, 
thinking about you, pursuing you, simple, consistent, daily, looking, thinking, pursuing. What if, if that's more like this faith journey is supposed to look like? Looking for, not, not, not looking at other people, not looking at where they're at and how good they are or how much they've got it together, not looking at our circumstance, though it's there and though it's real, not looking at that, but looking at Jesus, focusing our eyes on Jesus, not thinking about where we've been, what we've done, all the mess that has happened in our life, but simply thinking about what God has done, what Jesus has done, the way he showed up, the way he was in the fire with us, the way that he brought us through, thinking and dwelling on that, and not longing for people, not longing for possessions, not longing for all of these other things to fix the hurt or fill the void, but simply longing and pursuing Jesus every single day. I'd like to submit to you today that this journey of faith might actually look less like this trick shot where we say, I have no clue how I've done it. But it might actually look a little bit more like just simple, consistent, daily tosses. One of the beauty of that is I can do that. I can do that. Every day I, I can look at him. I can think, of, I might not be able to walk around the house. I might not be able to play YouTube the whole day. I might not be able to listen to this or do this. I, I might not be there yet and that's okay. All those things are awesome and do them. But, but, but looking, thinking, pursuing, yeah, I can do that. The writer of Hebrews says, hey, you want to know how to get through this right now? You want to keep, keep moving. Stick it out. Stay there. It's not better back there. It's not better. It is best right now because the beauty of it is we have the promise of Jesus. Stick it out. And this is how. Because we can do that. Thanks for joining us on Gateway.Live. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com.